Now I'm joined uh, by uh, Professor David Stuckler from uh, Oxford University, Professor of Political Economy and Sociology. Good morning. Morning. How are you today, sir? Pleasure to join you. Doing uh, well. Yeah, it's very nice to have you in here. Um, right, you're in Dunedin. You're um, giving a bit of a lecture this morning at 11 o'clock, actually, not too far away. So uh, I'll try and not hold you for too long because, you know, got to prepare. Uh, but it's entitled Getting Evidence into Policy, the Role of Big Food, Alcohol and Tobacco. Um, now, is this talk more on uh, their role in getting not getting the evidence into policy? <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. When we deal with an epidemic like Zika virus, in fact, we don't even know fully what we're dealing with, but yeah. you're dealing with a mosquito, likely, mm -hmm. uh, and environmental problems. Yeah, many of the diseases that are killing people too young in Dunedin, obesity, lung cancer. Mm -hmm. Here, you're dealing with powerful multinational tobacco companies, mm -hmm. food companies, alcohol companies who have make and manufacture products that when used as intended are harmful. Yeah. And that completely changes the calculus, the public health problems. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, these, um, you, you just get the argument that you, uh, job curation, um, big food, tobacco and alcohol uh, employ a lot of people, people don't want to mess with the money. So, I mean, it, it all comes back to that, really. We've learned a lot from the history of tobacco companies, yeah. uh, apart from court action that led us to see what their documents said, what their strategies oh, were. The spin, the big spin. Well, so we know early on when the first evidence came out about lung cancer and tobacco that, that they outright lied. Yeah. And said, we don't make products that are bad for your health. Um, and then as they got more sophisticated over time, they had projects, their latest is a project called Project White Coat that tries to weaken public health by working with it. And White Coat was the name for a scientist, people like me, who they employed to try to junk the science mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. secondhand smoke yeah. and oh, we farming see, kids. We see it with climate change now. Yeah, exactly. So the, there seems to be a type of corporate playbook or corporate set of tactics that we see across the domain, whether it's environment or and food and nutrition. And these challenges pit powerful interests of a few mm -hmm. big business uh, against people yeah. and their health. But why, I mean, why isn't there such a public outcry? I mean, you get, um, you get outcry from groups, some groups, but on the whole, uh, as a mass, the population isn't up in arms. Uh, I work in political economy, and this, is, again, is a classic problem where uh, you have a concentration of benefit yeah. and a diffusion of cost. It's kind of like the tail of the frog that you put in hot boiling water and turn up the heat and the frog doesn't realize there's a problem until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I know you've got an interest in the climate, but that's what we see with the slow, steady rise of obesity to levels that would have been unthinkable mm -hmm. in the 1960s, 1970s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's weird, like the obesity thing, like a lot of people look at a normal, um, a child of normal weight and think that child's underweight now. And they look at, you know, an overweight yeah. kid and think it's normal. Well, and this is an interesting thing we see with how societies are grappling with the problem. One effort is to normalize obesity. To, and in some cases, the guidelines for what is obese, exactly as you mm. say, have been rewritten. And what you see surgeons doing, bariatric surgery is increasingly being seen as the cost-effective solution. And pharmaceuticals are races on for an obesity pill. Mm -hmm. And I step back and think... Does it make sense to try to change our bodies 
to fit an increasingly toxic yeah. environment, or, or should we not get to the root cause of the problem? I think it goes back to the uh, you know the government thing. You know, over, uh, over time we you know over time and uh, we've seen a rise in health costs. I mean, over here in, in New Zealand, our district health boards are bleeding money. Uh, um, the government's not putting any more money in. In fact, they're trying to cut costs uh, wherever they can in uh, pretty d- despicable ways, uh, if you ask me. But um, the 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 costs associated with consumption of these products um, in terms of healthcare is only rising, and it's going to continue to rise. Um, so you would think that would make the government's would spur the government into action um, yeah. to curb things and induce uh, introduce unpopular policies like a sugar tax. Yeah, it's it's interesting. When things like tobacco bans came into effect, people said this is going to be terrible to have bans on tobacco in bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out, soon after it happened, barkeepers came back and said, we've never had so much business. More people are coming to the pub mm-hmm. than ever before. And it was popular. Yeah. And and we see this with a lot of public health policies we take for granted. Seatbelts, for example. Yeah. And they came into effect. Nobody. This is interfering on my freedom. This is terrible. Now, you almost do it a second nature when you get in a car. We're at a very early stage of the conversation about food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where we were on seatbelts and tobacco. And uh, we're, we're going through a step change. But the key here is to start. Yeah. that conversation, that dialogue. And that's where I think sugar taxes keep coming in as an area of low-hanging fruit, that um, highly sugary, fizzy drinks where you have 20 cubes of sugar in a bottle of Coca-Cola. I don't know if people realize they're drinking 20 cubes of sugar. Mm. They never eat 20 cubes of sugar. No. Um, that, that this is an area that uh, we want to bring what the markets are telling us in line with what's important for our health and the cost to our entire society and health system. Yeah. Now, sugar is interesting. You're, still, you're seeing a kind of a change with sugar uh, now, but for years it was everyone was about fat. Fat was the issue. Fat was the problem. Sugar's fine. And now that's kind of starting to switch a little bit. I mean, there's still, um, still definitely problems with fat, but sugar uh, is slowly coming to light as, as the big problem. But still, it's, it's still taking far too long. Yeah, there's sometimes confusion. It almost seems fattish. You know, fat's the enemy, sugar's the enemy. I mean, clearly, as besides we're eating uh, far too much saturated fat, sugar, and salt. Yeah. And uh, companies, I mean, basically we're like polar bears in the food desert. We're biologically programmed to like these things. Yeah. Um, you know, when when winter comes, if you are, have scarcity of these, um, which would have happened ages ago, yeah. you would load up uh, on these foods. But now food manufacturers realize they can load up foods with these products and Increases their shelf life, um, increases their palatability, uh, and uh, their low-cost ingredients. Uh, uh, during my research, I, I saw a little bit. Uh, you were talking about how fair trade, um, free trade. I should, I should say, not fair trade. It's uh, a, a good slip. <laughs> that's right at the heart of the debate. Um, but free trade um, um, can it correlates with an increase uh, in the lower income um, regions um, consumption of these products uh, and you know we're going through this thing right now with the TPP uh, a so-called free trade agreement um, you know only a part of it is um, uh, in your area you've got um, other agreements as well that are similar to TPPA um, you've got one between America and European countries that is um, going to be ratified soon or, or something like that yeah. too they're, they're in talks um, and there's another one too that no one really knows about that much um, but um, why, what 
what is the correlation? Why? How is? What's the cause in that? A Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement. You mentioned uh, we've just got the text release from WikiLeaks. By the mm. way, I haven't had a moment to look yet. Yeah. But um, this is a huge deal. This is powerful restructuring of our economies. Mm -hmm. And what's radical about it is, to my knowledge, there hasn't been a vote about it. It's taken place behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Yet this, in uh, even if in a small way, will affect what's uh, what you drink. And what you eat. And so these trade deals, they think about the trade. These are encouraging the spread of products from long distances. Mm -hmm. These are products that are not farm to table. These are the ones that are loaded with preservatives yeah. to enhance shelf life, palatability, low cost. Just what I was talking about. And they tend to be high in sugar, salt, and fat because they're easier to market, yeah. lower to make, and have the highest profit margins. And that is at the core of what food industries have been lobbying for behind the scenes in these trade agreements to try to penetrate Nick, the market. They're at the table. Spread the market. They're at the table. Uh, and in fact, by designing the rules of the game, um, people in public health cannot be at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all know, you know, um, about Macento uh, and companies like that. And um, we in New Zealand have been large, well, we think we've been largely free of, of what's been going on. Um, overseas in terms of um, seed stock and um, mm -hmm. manipulation of, of things in the, in the giant lobby groups but now lobby groups like Macento uh, and, and Nestle and stuff like that are going to maybe have power to do things here I, again I, I haven't seen the full text because negotiations have been taking place in closed doors but one of the most radical ideas in this new wave of trade agreements is is that it's not even about trade anymore mm -hmm. but it's about investment and regulation and what these deals would, would do is they would create up a parallel judicial authority that, that would enable corporations to directly sue governments mm. if they do things that those companies don't like. Yeah. Now, so we, sugar tax, for example. Right. So you uh, could get pelted with a lawsuit, hypothetically, from yeah. Nestle or Coca-Cola. That's frivolous, but could cost your health ministry a lot to fight. Yeah. And that could be a deterrent from a society here doing what it wants to do on the environment or public health that it, for its democracy to work. Um, is it really the government's role to tell us what to eat and drink and smoke? Uh, again, I come back to seatbelts. The government is telling you to wear your seatbelt mm -hmm. for your own good. Yeah, That is paternalism. I think it's a very slippery slope and that uh, authority has to be used with great care but usually when it, it's in, that invention intervention is called for mm -hmm. is when people are being put in harm's way especially children and that's tobacco is really a pediatric disease because most of those who start are youth and it's the same now the rise of childhood obesity i think is one of the most distressing signs that something has gone wrong in our food systems yep. today yeah, well, the cheapest products are the nastiest products. So something really needs to change in terms of that. Um, you know, in New Zealand, we could scrap GST on fruit and veg and increase tax. You know, like we we're saying yeah. on, on sugar, yeah. and and that's the way forward. But it's just, yeah, it's that once again goes back to the fear of politicians with unpopular policies, yeah. and we see that all the time. We see it with the raise, raising of uh, retirement age, and whatnot. The governments, through their own selfishness, are too scared to. Um, well, the alternative is we cede control. So that's one view where governments engage. Currently, what we do is we cede control to powerful 
actors like the heads of multinational food companies, Nestle and Coca-Cola, to drive our food systems. And that's got us to the state we're in now. So, again, I think we're in an early stage of a conversation about how do we make healthy choices easy choices. Yeah. Um, and sugar tax is a good place to start. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, not only are you here to um, give us a talk today, but you've also got a book. Two. But, uh, yeah, two books. Um, and we'll be talking about the body yes. economics. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's... Uh, summarizing our work over the past decade on how uh, recessions and budget cuts can be a matter of life or death. Yeah. Um, and these debates are coming to New Zealand on how you handle your biggest budget problems. Uh, sometimes we lose sight of just how closely interconnected our health and well-being is to our economic choices. Yeah. And that book um, goes through all the data and evidence you need to know to get involved in the debate. Yeah, and uh, like, like we're saying, it's a debate that we're only just starting to have, uh, but it's probably going to be, uh, along with climate change, the biggest debate of um, the, our generation and generations moving forward. I, as societies, what's remarkable is we have built up programs, institutions, some would even call them temples, uh, that pursue economic growth uh, and have disconnected it from what people really care about, which you, know, you would tell your kids, it's not about how much money you make, yeah, yeah. it's what you do with it. Yeah. And so we would care about, yes, people, they care about health, relationships, their families. But as a society, we've built up edifices that have a completely different logic, and these are siloed. So uh, that's where social movements, getting involved in politics, helps make those systems, those faceless institutions, more accountable to what it's all about. Well, now these days it's all about consumption. Uh, where, yeah, like you said, it used to be just about pursuit of happiness uh, and enjoying enjoying your life. And I think we've we've lost that somewhere along the way. Um, and that's capitalism for you. Uh, <laughs> um, well, thank you for taking the time to speak to me this morning. Uh, your talk is uh, in an hour's time, actually, uh, at the uh, Barrett Leacher Theatre, first floor at the Dunedin Hospital. Um, Getting evidence into policy: the big role of uh, the role of big food, alcohol, and tobacco. Uh, Professor Stuckler, thank you for joining me this morning. It's been pleasure a pleasure. Thank you.